Hi, my name is Ronald. I work for Yith, and here we are for Dudu episode 157. And with me, I have uh, Robbie Adair from OS Training and also Robert Jacoby from Cloudways. And today, I just want to talk about checkout, the WooCommerce checkout and everything that's happening in the space. So here's what I'm thinking. We have uh, lots of news with uh, one-click payment providers. We have headless payment providers. We have other solutions that claim to be the, the next thing when it comes to checkout for higher conversions to happier merchants. But I hear so much of it. I can't really get my head around it. Um, so, Robert, my first question to you is, what's happening in the, in the, in the, in the ecosystem? Why is it happening? It's all happening like 14 years too late. So when Amazon patented its wonderful one-click checkout, uh, it really stifled innovation and competition in a broader e-commerce sense. So a lot of these new tools that are coming out that we'll get to um, are finally taking advantage of the fact that they can build out customized one-click easy checkout solutions where before, uh, you know, unless you were Apple, you probably weren't going to be able to license um, the rights to actually do something quite similar. So thank goodness time moves on and we can actually start innovating again. But, you know, and we could have a whole patent discussion about software another day. But, <laughs> you know, th th this is a perfect example of how, uh, you know, we, we could have been here years ago and had such easier, more uh, functional tools. But, yep, the, the, you know, as far as I see it, it's the, it's the big expiration of the uh, patent that's driving a lot of the innovation now. That's a really interesting thought, and I'm going to come back on that. But first, um, Robbie, um, is there a need for uh, for this technology? Are customers and our users ready for that, or you know, what 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 do you hear? What do you find? The the one click checkout. You know, so we actually have a, a, a customer that we were just talking to about this, as a matter of fact, and I do feel that. Some people are a little hesitant because they feel they, that their checkout process is in place and their customers know it. And so adding this on, they're like, how does this change things? And will it mean people don't use the other pro way that we're, we're doing it now and things like that? Like there seems to be a little bit of confusion and, and like skepticism, as it were, about that. Uh, now, I do think that they're going to opt to do it. So well, I will know more later, actually, after we actually get some results and see how it worked out for them. But um, they were, uh, you know, hesitant, and which I thought was interesting. Um, I do think that the main reason that they came to us about this, though, and asking should they do this, I mean, again, we know we talk about it in every podcast. I feel like at this point, the pandemic changed. It changed the landscape of the of our users' um, need for quick checkout, want of che quick checkout, um, and they've just gotten more savvy, even people who never ordered things online before the pandemic had to, right? And so now people are saying, well, this is kind of a clunky checkout. I'm having to go through all these screens and on this other one, I just click a button, you know? And so I think that that's part, part of what is driving driving it to the, our customers asking for it now. Yeah, that's, um, so partly the customer realizes everything is fine, it's not broken, so why fix it? But at the same time, they hear signals of, Actually, you you can you can do a better job. There is a way to improve, you know, your checkout. So, uh, PayPal Express has been around for such a long time, and I think there's a bit of a love and hate relationship with with a with a beautiful yellow orangey button. 
Um, Robert, so the, the, the express checkout you, you said earlier, uh, sorry, the you know Amazon, uh, the, the licensing expired. So why have they been able to have this one click uh, before anybody else? And why is everybody else only now catching on to this technology? There's there's probably some devils it, devils in the details uh, uh, on the actual patent and which way PayPal implemented it and how that may have been slightly different from Pat or they may have just licensed it. So, I mean, Amazon did license it to Apple uh, for iTunes one-click purchases. So uh, those deals did her uh, occur. So it wouldn't surprise me if there was a deal with PayPal to make that happen earlier than most other uh, companies. But I assume that licensing was cost prohibitive for the, you know, the, the startups that we're seeing today, like, you know, PeachPay and Fast, um, which could not have had a business model around that prior to that patent expiration. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe we're focusing too much just on the on the one click uh, checker. There are, you know, other new payment providers, one of which, of course, is WooCommerce Payments, which mm -hmm. has been around for a year now, but in, in, a, in a recent WooCommerce roundtable, Uh, WooCommerce announced they are expanding the territories and more payment types. You've got now multi-currency uh, and so on. So, is, do you think there's a there's a there's a race to get market share when it comes to checkouts? And it's not just WooCommerce payments. You know, uh, GoDaddy might have their own preferred method, uh, and and other hosts or other uh, one-click WooCommerce installs. Um, Robbie, what's your sort of view on that? Um, yeah, so so Woo payments. I'm glad you brought that up because I was I was just thinking about that when we were talking about the other things. And you know, they're like I feel like almost every week they're sending me an announcement of something new that they're adding in, which is great. I mean, so I feel like they're being pretty aggressive in their development and adding more sources into Woo payments, which just makes it more attractive. It makes it more attractive for the customers. Uh, whenever I talk to them too, and it's like, well, you, we could set you up here, 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 you know, or you could get with payments, you know, and it's, so it's making it a little bit more attractive. Um, I do think we'll see that, that, that more and more though, you're right with other people doing, replicating that, right? If something's successful, what do you do? People, uh, there's going to be people who replicate it and, and put their spin on it. So I think we will see some more competition in that space. Um, but with payments thus far has been, um, fairly impressive to me. I mean, I've, I've been working with it more and more. And the more I work with it, I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, it's, if with everything there's this new, there's always some learning curve. Um, but I've, I have been uh, pleasantly surprised with them. We've had one customer who was doing a lot of that on their own and had a few issues, but um, I will say they were very surprised to have quickly Woo Payments uh, support got back to them. And it was a combination, by the way, of Woo Payments and Stripe support that helped them. So that was interesting as well. See, I mean, you know, we all know Woo Payments sits on top of Stripe, but the fact that they have support level all the way down into Stripe is interesting, I felt like. Okay, that's, that's a nice experience. Because, of course, those are the things that we all wonder what, what's going to happen, you know, if, if there is an issue. So they, they collaborate very closely. I also... Um, I also think that we should talk about some of the, I mean, obviously, if we, if we go back, like I was saying, if we, we look back years ago, because it has been a slow process, I kind of feel like, um, you know, it was always, it was basically, you did PayPal and, and like an authorized.net, right? And then it was PayPal and Stripe and authorized.net or some variant of that brain tree, whatever it might be. Um, and so, you know, now it's just a 
it's a bigger discussion. It's a bigger decision for clients. It's a bigger discussion with clients about because there's so many more offerings now. And sometimes it gets it does get confusing and you really have to sit down and figure out the client what they're selling, where they're selling, meaning where is their customer base going to be? I mean, if it's international, this is a way bigger discussion, right? But if it's going to be more local-based, it's a restaurant, deliveries, things like this, then it may be a shorter conversation. But when you start talking international, to me, I feel like it's even got more convoluted when we go international because each country also now has its own little offerings, right? Well, 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 in this country, this is more preferred than this. And so the international discussion has gotten bigger, you know, and then we also, we haven't even talked about Amazon Pay and Google Pay being an Apple Pay, <laughs> being incorporated in do you do those solo do you go through something like a Woo payments uh, you know some other broader base that offers that in the, their set of tools e-commerce has become a very uh it was already a complicated discussion but i feel like now it's becoming even more complicated do, do you feel that you need to educate your customers and you know in general terms that you understand the different options i mean what you've just asked um do you need this do you need that mm-hmm does the, the does the does the client know these things? Are they aware of that? Do they do they tell you what they need, what they want? It's a combination, and I always feel like, I mean, am I an authority? Well, I've been doing this for so many years. Yes, I, I, I do have that, but it, it's so complicated now that I feel like I learn things from my clients as well. And especially whenever you start having that, you start answering, asking those questions then they're going to be coming back with their experience that they may already have in an offline ex- you know, world with their business. And so they may already know, well, this is where all my customers come from, typically. you know, And this is, you know, looking at it percentage-wise, this is how many people pay with X and how many pay, p- people pay with whatever else. And so, and d- looking at their demographics too, is it an older clientele base or a younger clientele base? Because the younger clientele base buys a lot differently. When you talk about that one click, that really becomes important when you're dealing with the millennials in under. I mean, yeah. they wanted, they grew up with that in their hands. I mean, four years old texting, you know, probably four years old buying music on Apple. I mean, so, you know, they they are much more savvy and they expect things to work very smoothly. Yeah. And it's it's not even so very long ago that um, you would, you know, wherever your credit card machine came from, you would go with the same merchant, whether it's WorldPay, and you just accept that it's taken off site, coming back, uh, you know, you'd have to set up your own uh, links. And now we've moved on to a much smoother checkout process. And I think the next step is where we start to see other services, SaaS services, connecting into this 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 checkout experience, you know, whether it's shipping, uh, CRM, uh, mail marketing, and so on. You know, th- that sort of next generation of integration. Robert, do you see things happening? Do you do you see the world of of SaaS tapping into into Woo? Well, I, you even touched on it. It needs to be at the end of the day seamless for the end user, seamless for the developer. An agency doesn't want to have to deal with five different providers to make sure everyone's happy. So, you know, how do you, you know, white label, obfuscate, all that nonsense, and how easily is it to integrate? I mean, if we look back like, we're not all that old, but, you know, you look back like 50 years and you had, you know, three, four, five, six different, seven different types of credit cards that have all kind of really shrunken down to pretty much American Express Visa and MasterCard. Each one of them, certainly at that time, had completely 
independent workflows of one another. And they were, you know, they weren't spread out across multiple banks. Now, you know, you, you can go to any bank and get a credit card with any flavor and you're just dealing with that bank. And that's great. And that's, you know, that's got to be a bit more, uh, friction will continue to be removed in that uh, process. You know, I, I'm sure Chase or Citibank or any of the major banks would love to just have one super easy integration thing so they could uh, offer maybe better deals to their existing cardholders because then the transaction fee is all internal. Um, if, you know, depending if the owner of the store is also on that same bank, that could move, you know, that could reduce costs uh, to the bank, but also then encourage people to sign up with those banks' cards and so on and so forth. So there's there's opportunities to monetize all these little things because you're only dealing with tiny fractions of percentages, but if you have enough transactions across the board, it's huge amounts of money. So I have to assume that, you know, on the banking and finance side, they're trying to figure out ways, even though they move so slowly to leverage, you know, their uh, financial strength. And, you know, the weird boogeyman in the room will still always be crypto because who knows how that's going to get integrated into this kind of stuff. And I have nothing to even hypothesize on where that goes at the moment because I still think it's a little too uh, um, jumpy for everyday stuff. But there are cryptos that are locked into dollars so if you you know can sort of uh, build a you know a SaaS platform around that that also makes those transactions much easier more transparent uh, more trackable especially when you're doing with higher volume purchases you know you're not gonna be sitting there saying oh someone just stole my credit card well we can you know follow the uh crypto ledger and see what's going on so thoughts like that Thanks, Robert, for bringing up crypto. Now I've got to go take some in acid because that just, oh my gosh, that, that is, that is just like, like when you really look at it and I don't know if any of you have done any investing in it. Okay. Like I like, I'm a little probably OCD. I made myself absolutely insane watching the crypto, like when I had some in it and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make myself crazy looking at this. It is so volatile. It is just so Woof. I mean, from one minute to the next almost. And so, yeah, when you start trying to think about that paired up with set prices on items and shopping carts and trying to deal with that and going through crazy steps right now, especially um, to, to use crypto. Woof. Yeah. And not saying that it, I, I'm like you, Robert. I, 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 I don't know. I don't even know how to predict that one myself. I don't think it's going away. That, that's, my, that's my one and only prediction. I do not think it's going away. I just think that there will have to be some evolution in it for it to be mainstream. Well, it's like horse racing. I know nothing about it. If I put a dollar into crypto or a dollar on a horse, who knows what will happen at the end of the race? <laughs> true, <laughs> yeah. true. That is true. Yeah. That's a good point. Hey, Bob WP here, and I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of Do The Boo. 10UP has a stellar reputation in building enterprise WooCommerce sites. But they also have an amazing solution for you or your clients WooCommerce store search with Elastic Press. Elastic Press is powered with faceting and autocomplete that gives any Woo store customers the experience they expect. All you have to do is use the promo code DOTHEWOO at checkout for 10% off your first six months at ElasticPress.io. If you have a client who is looking for a point-of-sale solution, consider suggesting FooSales. In fact, FooSales is the first native WooCommerce point-of-sale to support in-person payments using Square Reader. 
Now you can use FooSales with the Square Terminal for your client projects, but the icing on the cake is that it not only works with FooSales iPad and Android apps, but the Foo Web app. So you really need to check this out if your clients have been asking for a point of sale solution or a new point of sale solution. Find them at foosales.com. And now let's head back to the show. What I would like to ask you actually is, so let's let's say um, uh, adding cryptos is a feature. Probably people will say that's not a feature. But for example, payments talked about um, adding subscriptions. Bulkcommerce, you know, they, they might be looking at upselling within the checkout. These are different features that you can add within the checkout. And so my question is a little bit around that. So what do you predict will be the, the big the big deal maker? And maybe we can actually take it a step further and say, well, actually, if you put yourself into the into the shoes of one of these merging um, a payment providers or integration within within the checkout, where would you put your money to for the next sort of integration that's going to entice people to start using it? Well, Hmm. You know, I'm in the middle of a really big migration of subscription payments all tied around PayPal and Braintree and Recurly and things like that and trying to move over into a new system with Woo and Woo subscriptions. And let me tell you what, this is a very convoluted little uh, situation. No matter which side I'm looking at, no matter what CMS uh, I'm working with and which payment, you know, it's just when you start talking about subscriptions and renewals, there's so many layers there um, that you're going through. You know, you could do something, I'll call this the basic subscription, which is a PayPal subscription, right? I mean, because PayPal's had it built in for a long time. Not pleased with the way it's built into PayPal, but, you know, it's there and it has been there for a very long time. And that was kind of, I will say, one of the first uh, dealings that I had with subscriptions was working with people on PayPal subscriptions. So it's it's there and it hasn't changed. I feel like PayPal subscription. There's been no change. They, they're like, it works, don't fix it, you know? And so now we're seeing all these other subscription services that are starting to pop up, you know, even Woo subscriptions. Uh, and then you have the SaaS products like Recurly, and there's some others, and I'm, I blanked on them, but there's others that are, you know, they're going to do your renewals for you. They're going to do that. But so now you've got this added layer, that SaaS layer in there, right? And, and so everybody wants a piece of the pie, too. So it becomes pretty expensive, right? The more layers we add in, there's somebody's get a little feast along every step of it. So if we've got a four-step process, you know, there's four different people out there getting a little piece of the pie. And so I do see that that is a process that I feel like a lot of developers um, are trying to figure out ways to make that more simple. And, I, and you know, you're hearing like with payments, well, we're going to add subscriptions. And, you know, everybody knows that this is a convoluted uh, e-commerce situation. It's a profitable one, though, and it's a very common model out there. So as a matter of fact, I feel like subscriptions are even bigger than they've ever been. I mean, at this point, I mean, everything's a subscription. If you think about it, I mean, you've got streaming services, music, you know, you've got video, music, everything is a subscription these days, right? Which is great because it means I probably pay a little less just I pay for it forever. So I don't think subscriptions are going away, but I do believe that that is where we're going to see a lot of concentration on trying to simplify processes. Or at least I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, that, that could be a big game. I'm with you 100%, Robbie. I mean, it's easy to understand, you know, your cash flow when you're on a subscription basis. You know what you're, you know, going, in, what's coming in, what's going out. 
both as a consumer and you know as the the, the business. Just something I came across was that India, for example, will be legislating how those recurring processing payments happen. Oh, interesting. So I, I, I think that's, you know, that'll be an interesting canary in the coal mine to see how other countries uh, tackle maybe um, obfuscated terms and, you know, of service and things like that. So wait, why is this always getting, you know, recharged? How do I get out of this? You know, what's the difficulty of doing it on a monthly basis and, and whatnot? Probably never here in America, given our our propensity to just read the contract and no one does, but gosh forbid you try to actually delete your Amazon account. Uh, you literally have to talk to a person and it takes, I, I guess, a, a week or two to do that. But, you know, just like we're seeing legislation around privacy, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see, especially in Europe um, and obviously now India, that's talking about it on how that happens without um, harming the uh, consumer. Yeah. Do you think people will get, uh, I mean, governments, let's say, or, or tax bodies will get a sense actually this is such a huge market we 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 need to monitor this we need to check these things and you know you mentioned gdpr certainly the the payment providers take on a much bigger responsibility other than just taking payments making sure it's secure uh, and pass it on to the merchant I, i think that'll just be something that folks on the developer and actually the actual checkout payment folk uh need to Keep an eye out for. Yeah, you know this is also in a in a way in in a longer term sense this will become more of a security issue too. I feel like because we are aggregating so many subscriptions into certain things. Like if you think about it, like in my Amazon, I'm maintaining like you know a CBS subscription and maybe an HBO. I'd like get these different subscriptions through my Amazon service, but that means all of that data is being held at one point. That's that when you've got a big source of data like that it is going to be a target out there and it's a target that could take down tons of shops and apps and things like that with one one major ddos hack kind of thing going on there right and so there's 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 the ease of use with consolidation but there's also then you're giving a bigger target i feel like and so for security you really need crazy security. And as we've seen, even the big guys, even Facebook, even people like this, they are susceptible to breaches. I'm going to give a little shout out to Chris Lemma, who uh, tweeted, I guess, the other day or so about a company called Rally that's looking to do to actually mitigate some of that with having sort of distributed payment processing system. I'm not sure I actually quite understand the whole idea yet, (laughs) but, you know, it's kind of decentralizing how all of that happens to hopefully avoid some of those hiccups. Theoretically, crypto can solve some of those problems, but uh, we'll see. (laughs) I didn't even mention NFTs yet because they have a built-in subscription model. So that's what's interesting. So you can actually license out an NFT and have that travel. You always get a commission. So it's, you know, talk about a a very new kind of payment model that, you know, how would you integrate that into a store? If I buy a book and then I can actually literally resell it or hand it off like I used to be able to do when I bought a book. And then the author still gets a, a you know piece of the pie. Um, interesting stuff. Yeah. Do you know, I, I don't feel I'm, I'm getting uh, a good grasp of, of the, uh, of the ecosystem of the, of what it looks like when it comes to payments for WooCommerce. So if you, if you are a new merchant, you know, right now, where should you be looking at? Where, where should your research be focused on uh, to figure out what is the right way 
to manage your checkout. Because if you go with on company A and you, you start with subscriptions and you move to company B, at the moment that's going to be really difficult. Uh, you know, if you want to add other features or, you know, connect it to some sort of CRM or even email marketing, again, you know, you need all these different levels. But if you want to build something that's future proof for the next five years, this is not an easy decision to make. It's definitely not, Ronald. So if people are new to online e-commerce, um, what we typically start with with those people is, first of all, do they have, do they have commerce outside of online right now? And if so, do they have a point of sale system in their shop? What is that point of sale system? Is there an online offering that ties into that? So that's one of the first places we start. Now, if they're brand new, they don't have anything, they're going to start with an e-commerce store online. They have nothing prior to that. What we always suggest to people is keep it simple to start. Now, you have to have enough offerings. Like, don't just do, we always tell people not just one payment method if you can avoid it. Now, you could have one service that offers multiple payment methods, right? But Let's try not to just have one single payment method just because you're cutting out a lot of audience when you do that. So you have to offer, if nothing else, people just want the options. They, they expect the options. But don't offer 40 different ways to pay when you're brand new. You know, offer two, three, and then get going. Then as you grow, you can add more payment sources for people and options. But Start simple is what we always try to get people to do when they're brand new, especially, like I said, if they have nothing they've done outside of this, uh, then then definitely start uh, start simple. If they have e-commerce before, if, I mean, on e-commerce, excuse me, if they're using some sort of point of sale system, they've been doing this offline, then pattern what you've done, but maybe offer online another option or two that you haven't been able to, because then you've got an upsell to your customers, right? Like, oh, you've seen me at the farmer's market. And you've checked out with Square, but now you can go on my website and you can also use this and this, you know. And so you've got an upsell then to go to your clientele base. So it's kind of a different discussion depending on whether they existed before offline or whether they're just going to be a brand new online. Or at least that is the experience that I've had. Yeah. And it totally de depends what you're selling. Mm -hmm. And where you're selling it, yeah. If you're selling physical goods that are typically, you know, $500 or more, you know, you might really want to make sure you add in a buy now, pay later provider. Credit card stuff, or are you going to get a firm or one of the other million ones, which I can't think of all their names? Yeah. I would say that's also, it's popular, I feel like now, is one click checkout is the payment options uh, checkouts. I'm seeing that way more, even on small websites. I'm very surprised. So um, let's go back to the uh, sort of the, the newer uh, one click providers on the block, PeachPay, as, as an example. If you were to develop something, you come to market, how as a plugin developer or company startup, how would you go about to present your product, you know, to the merchant? Because, you know, I, I realize it, it isn't an easy task to get people to, to start using your product. There, there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of choice. People are confused. They'll probably stick to the to the safe bets, you know, maybe PayPal is still the, the, the preferred one, uh, you know, Stripe, WooCommerce payments. But some of these newer technologies, they obviously solve a real issue, you know, the one-click checkout, you know, that, that's what the, the new millennials expect. So you have, on one hand, you have the demand, you have the supply. How do we connect the two? The biggest issue that needs to be resolved is the trust factor. I mean, you're dealing with your money, at some point. So how do we know that this platform will work? And it, I think for the new checkout payment provider uh, companies, 
they need to just slowly make sure that that trust is there. I mean, PayPal's been around, boy, way too long. But everyone knows it. And they haven't had like gigantic billion dollar breaches. And that's why that works. But can they shift their business model to be uh, as agile as Fast or Peach or any of these other folks? And I'm going to use Peach Bakes. I know how their product works best. You know, that's sitting on top of Stripe. If Stripe is a trusted solution, then all Peach Bay needs to do is reach out to the Stripe community and say, hey, you're already using Stripe for XYZ. You know, we have a, a simpler one-click uh, solution. Take advantage of it. So that's, that's one way to market uh, your product out there. And then you got to be there where the merchants are and let them know that exact same thing. So you've heard about Stripe for forever. Now we're Stripe plus plus. And Ronald, the way I understood the question at first, too, was just like the extension developers themselves that um, do they start integrating in different payment processes? Uh, so I'm going to kind of answer a little bit differently than Robert here. Let's just say I, I have a plug-in. Uh, let's use LearnDash since we talked about Lima earlier. Um, so let's say LearnDash. LearnDash can obviously work with WooCommerce. Or if you want to sell direct, you're not running a WooCommerce, then they do offer a couple of payment processes built directly into LearnDash. But you're going to have less let less options that way. And I do think that for plugin developers, if especially if they're a smaller uh, startup kind of plugin, tapping into something like WooCommerce is a way easier way to go than to try and keep your own little add-ons for all these different payment processes and having to keep up with the API changes and things like that. But then as you grow, then maybe you do add on a couple. But again, it's like kind of like what I recommend to clients too. Keep it simple. Start with your start with the big ones, right? They're gonna want Stripe, they're gonna want PayPal. Let's start there. And you could add those into your plugin. So that way if somebody is using your plugin to do something, it's an LMS or or whatever it might be, um, and it does need to sell something, but you don't need a full blown store, then you could do that. But I still think Starting out for all extension developers, tapping into like WooCommerce, this is a way easier way to go. And so you don't have to worry about that. You can spend your time as a plugin developer concentrating on making your product as good as it can be. And you can let WooCommerce worry about making the checkout process as easy as it can be. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to build this out on your own. I mean, that's why these services exist. There's a lot of risk. Yeah. um, A lot of effort and especially if you're a smaller shop, you, you really want to have as many miles between you and the riskiest portion of the, the transaction as possible, but obviously you want it integrated. In terms of marketing your product, I mean, we talked a little bit about the, the technology and how to best get this off the ground uh, and future-proof it. Um, in terms of marketing, it's difficult to market it to merchants, you know, because you don't know who they are, where they are, what, what they read. And for them to make a choice and to come to Robbie and say, hey, Robbie, I really need this right now because I feel I'm, I'm missing out. That's a difficult process to, to uh, uh, you know, approach these, these merchants. So, you know, the other option would be the agencies, the freelancers, you know, the educators. Robbie very clearly sort of explained the process, the questions you, you ask, how to target because, you know, Word comes maybe was a way, but that's that's not going to happen probably for another year or so to to speak directly with WooCommerce developers. So how to market if you are a plugin a payment provider? Good question. Uh, I think I see a lot of social media advertising um, happening. <laughs> a lot. I mean, because you can target so nicely with social media marketing, and so they can target people that are that are dealing either agencies. If they market towards the agencies, the agencies are talking to all the customers out there, right? 
pretty much. I mean, you do have independents too. Um, but the independents are going to follow groups on Facebook. They're going to be following uh, different hashtags on Twitter and things like that to learn themselves. Um, and then you've also got, shameless little plug, but you've got training companies out there, right? And so if the training company does a, a course on setting up a shop in WordPress, and what options do they show for payment processes to their students? So if I'm a new payment processor, I might go, hey, could you also include mine in the, when you're training people on how to set up shops? So I think um, education is always going to be important in there. And then, of course, you know, marketing, but marketing to where those people are or or like I said, to the agencies that then are ultimately talking to the end customers. Yeah. What about approaching hosting companies? <laughs> well, that, there's, I have two thoughts. So, I mean, to the original point, I mean, you, you know, just as the first credit cards came out, you do have to broadly market to stores and say, you know, you do want to make sure you take this, even though we're going to take X percent of every transaction, because it'll make it easier. And if people don't have enough cash, they have a credit card, they can swipe it, you can still get that payment done. So to get that recognition out there, you just have to broadly market it. And that's, you know, as Robbie said, there's social media around that. There's, you know, the million different traditional, now traditional digital marketing things that you have to do to get things done. The really cool thing to me is that it's much more affordable to enter into the commercial space with all these streaming video services. And you can manage a lot of those yourself. So you're not having to go through the big marketing companies to get airtime. You can actually manage your own commercials on networks now and so that's actually changing that landscape a lot as well but i mean that's it i mean it's, it's, you just got to get the your your brand out there to the broader audience on the hosting side i think that's a uh thing that's slowly but surely happening it will make sense for hosting companies as they build out more robust solutions to have integrated checkout payment processing as part of a package solution or whatnot you know obviously you, you can do that with you know wix and wix pay or whatever they call it you can also integrate other things but out of the box you can get something i mean woocommerce is obviously headed that way as well so you get woocommerce payments great people may always want to differ from that i and i see hosting companies that are going to try to put together solutions that solve specific problems with payment processing or relationships already created no one's buying shared hosting anymore because that's not solving a problem no one's buying hosting anymore because that's not solving a problem the problem is uh or I have a salon, so I need to take reservations, book those online and get, you know, uh, credit card authorization. So if they ditch, I can still charge them 50% of that fee. You know, those kinds of comp, those are the questions people are asking. Those are the solutions they want. And they're not saying I need hosting for a website. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, we could be even seeing that as long as you provide this payment uh, method and you do X uh, sales per month, you get your plugins, your hosting and everything for free because there is, of course, a an incentive there for both. I think we will have to have this conversation to follow up on that because there's so much happening. And I, I'm much wiser, thanks to both of you, you know, to see sort of different sides of the, of the perspective of, of the table. But it is uh, an ever-evolving ever um, industry and trends. And I think we've just seen the tip of the iceberg of what's happening, the possibilities and yes, crypto is part of that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited and, and I can, I'm pretty sure that whoever's listening to this will have their own opinions and probably start a whole discussion around it. So maybe we've, we've kick-started something. But I'm going to um, finish this uh, Wu Roundtable 
thank you very much, Robbie. Uh, quickly, where can people find you and connect with you? Uh, OSTraining.com or Robbie Adair on Twitter, Facebook, you name it. <laughs> LinkedIn, just look for Robbie Adair. I suspect you'll have a lot of uh, payment providers saying, let's do a training. But Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's key. It really is key. So. Uh, it would be really interesting, yeah. Oh, that's a really good. Uh, Robert, where can people find you? Wildwaves.com or easiest is Robert Jacoby on Twitter. Same for me. Just find me on Twitter. It's the easiest. Thank you both very much for this really, uh, really good conversation. Everyone, thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. Because without them, hey, there'd be no do the woo. Add that powerful search to your client's site with Elastic Press from 10up via elasticpress.io and for those clients looking for a powerful point of sales foosale.com has you covered now of course you can always stay on top of the episodes by subscribing on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts or your own favorite podcast app so until the next time do the woo